The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Logan Brand, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. This is the ninth out of nine position groups. We're talking about defensive backs. Folks, this is a little different. My guest today has worked with the Bears Wire. He is the host of the 46 podcast. See, that's right. You are listening to a host of a podcast, bringing in the host of a podcast. Brennan Shagru, welcome to the Bear Down Report podcast. What's up, Ryan? Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be joining you and to be a part of the show and just excited to talk about some bears in the off season. Absolutely. So, so Brennan, before we get too far into this, what is it like being a guest because you are the host of a podcast? And, and so what's it like being on the other side of this whole thing? It is, it's obviously like a little bit different, but it's a little bit the same. Like, obviously we're still talking about the bears, you know, the subject matter is not changing, but you know, this is my first time talking with you. We've interacted quite a bit on Twitter, but you know, leading up to this, I was like, Oh man, like for once I'm not controlling the show. I don't have to edit it, but I have to answer a ton of questions and you know, things that were kind of prepared, but it's really, it's nice. Like, you know, obviously sometimes, and you get this too, like being the editor and producer, you have the total control. So it's a little bit weird. Like everything I'm saying, you know, is kind of at the hands of you, but um, just, it's just so exciting to, you know, get to talk bears again. And to, like I said, just talk with you because I've really enjoyed our Twitter interactions and, um, it's just finally nice to connect face to face or audio to audio, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, I got to say, you know, so Mike Page, who is the founder of Bear Down Report, was like, man, he's one of my favorite follows. Folks, if you're not following Brendan Shagru, you should be doing that right now. And I agree, man, that just that some really positive interactions, you know, sometimes you go back and forth and it's, it's podcasts or hosts or, you know, media personalities that are trying to top each other. And we were just kind of talking about this folks a little bit off the air, which is, you know, that, that we're all doing this because we, we love the bears. And so why not bring two things together and have a little bit of fun? Uh, so Brendan, I'm, I'm stoked about having you on. So thank you again so much for being here. Now, folks, if you are thinking about buying or selling a home this year, you know you've got to visit GenevaJeff.com to learn more how Jeff Cadwallader can help you. Jeff is with At Properties. He's got so much experience. He's a third-generation realtor. He knows you need experience when it matters most. Visit GenevaJeff.com today or give my guy Jeff a phone call or a text message at 630-254-4734. So Brendan, I'm hoping that you can kind of tell us a little bit more about the 46 podcast and Bears Wire. How'd you get it started and and what's, what are you guys kind of doing over there? Sure. So it really all began almost two years ago to the date. So about, I, first off, I've dreamed of writing about the bears in some sort of setting for a long time now, but I was always scared about doing it. I've wanted to join up with the blog and, you know, I've had a lot of these thoughts just rambling, rambling around in my brain, putting it on Twitter for, you know, somebody to see. I didn't really have much of a following a couple of years ago, but it finally all clicked a couple of years ago when I got a notification that uh, Brian Perez, who was the, um, editor for Bears Wire was looking for contributors. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot. I was like, I'm just finally going to, you know, go with it, see what happens. I remember I was actually driving home from somewhere. I pulled over to like send him a, a, a tweet because I was like, I don't want this to pass up. I know people are going to hit him up for this. And so one thing led to another. I got started with Bears Wire. It was such a, 
such an awesome experience, really, just to be able to like put my name to something, put it in writing, share my thoughts for thousands of readers to interact with. And, you know, since then, I've probably written like, I don't know, 400, 500 articles. And some of them have gone crazy bonkers viral uh, for good reasons or bad. Uh, <laughs> some hot takes out there. But um, so after that, you know, I kind of get my footing in there. And then a few months later, um, a media company called Big Heads Media reached out to me. They heard of me through Bears Wire and they said, hey, we're looking for somebody to do a Bears podcast for us. Would you be interested? And this is another thing like, oh my God, I've always wanted to do this. I never knew how to do it. And this could be like just uh, the way to finally get my foot in the door there. So I said, yes, I'm really excited. I have no idea what I'm doing. And the biggest thing I kept kind of thinking, I was like, what is the name going to be? I don't, I don't have any, like I have so many different ideas. I was kicking around like bears buzz, bears breakdown. And I finally, I was talking with my buddy, his name's Kyle. Got to give him a shout out because he's a huge supporter of mine. And he was like, what about the 46 podcast? I was like, oh, that's nice. I was like, that is, you know, it's, it's in, you know, it's kind of like that niche name. Nobody yes. is kind of using it. And it's different from bears, but obviously like the, you know, we're going to make the logo like look like bears related. He's the one who actually designed my logo and uh, got started in September of 2019. And I think I've done about 50 episodes now. I feel like I've gotten way better since the first one. If you go back to the first <laughs> one, I was a nervous wreck and Dude. just, Absolutely. It's, it's so, it's crazy. And I'm sure you had the same thing. Yes. A hundred percent. I listen now and I, and I cringe to that first stuff, but, but man, I love the way you're talking about that. When you first started with bears wire, I'll never forget the very first time I put, you know, uh, something with my name on it and bam, it's, it's out there for the world to see bears. And it's like, Whoa, I, you know, the thing that you're right. We're, we're all here cause we dreamed about doing this and now we just have an outlet in which to do it. So that's awesome. I want to talk just really quick quick about a tweet of yours you started on at least the one that i saw february 25th and it's got over like 2000 likes at this point breaking down the chicago bears quarterback rumors man tell us a little bit about that because dude it is it's nuts man i'm you you've definitely you've got quite a few followers but but i don't know that it's anything like this man did you expect this tweet to 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 kind of blow up the way that it did no, not at all. I mean, so it actually started right before the Super Bowl. I was, of course, listening as probably everybody else was about all the damn quarterback rumors that we've had. I mean, it went from Deshaun Watson to Jimmy G, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr. And I was like losing control of everybody that the Bears were in on. And so I kind of had this idea in my head. I was like, you know what? I should just like jot down literally when the rumors started and just keep a list going. And then I finally decided to do that with uh, Carson Wentz. It was the report on Friday that the Bears and the Colts would be the two likely teams in on him. And that's the tweet that started it. It got like, I think, yeah, like 2,500 likes or retweets. It was blowing up all day Friday. I couldn't believe it. But the thing I was like more shocked about was once the Sam Darnold rumors happened, like maybe two weeks later, like I think it was the 25th, you said, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to add to the tweet. So I copied the literal same tweet, just added the next date, February 25th, Sam Darnold to bears rumors that blew up again. And then it happened with uh, Russell Wilson. And now I just did it again with Alex Smith. And that one's almost at a thousand likes. And it's, it's crazy because like people like Olin Krutz retweeted me, he and David Kaplan were having a fight in my mentions about random stuff, not about me, but just random things. And I'm like, is this really happening right now? 
So um, it just, it, it's so funny and it's, it's the dumbest thing, but it's, it's pretty entertaining just to see how crazy this off season has, has been. And it's literally, it's March 2nd. We're recording this on March 2nd and we've had like over half a dozen quarterbacks that have been linked to the bears in some way. I'm trying to think at this point, is there any quarterback that's out there that hasn't been linked to the bears in some way, shape or form? You're right, man. It has been every single day. And then obviously with Russell Wilson and all that's being reported now, I mean, that's blowing up and, and watching chance, the rapper put it out there for, for, you know, everybody wants a, a new bears quarterback. I, I, is there anybody out there that, that, that hasn't been rumored to be the next Chicago bears starting quarterback? I think Tyrod Taylor hasn't – people are asking for Tyrod Taylor, or as John Gruden would say, Tyrod Taylor, man. He's a good quarterback. You have him. You have Jacoby Brissett. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, A.J. McCarron. Th- those might be the three free agents or guys out there that have not been linked yet. Which is funny, you know, I, okay, and say what, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Jacoby Brissett, I think the Bears could do a hell of a lot worse than that. I mean, if, if it's between Jacoby Brissett and Nick Foles, man, give me the young guy that has a little bit of a mobility to him that instead of Nick Foles. I don't know, what, do you, what are you kind of thinking about that? Yeah, I, I saw a ton of people try to like make the case for him. And I, I think he's a fine quarterback, but he's kind of like Mitch in the sense where he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. And, you know, I don't think Mitch has made a lot of mistakes, but he's, you know, his upside is pretty small. It's pretty low. So, you know, I think if that's your big move, unless you're going to trade up and draft a guy, if you're trading up and drafting a guy, you get Jacoby Brissett to maybe compete for that number two or number one spot, depending on if you want the quarterback to sit then you can sell me a little bit, but if you're going into camp with Brissett, Foles, and then let's say another veteran like Alex Smith or whoever's on the market, I'm not excited about that. I, we've seen Jacoby Brissett in two full seasons, essentially. And I think his, boy, I'd have to look it up, but I think it's like 16 touchdowns was his like uh, career high. Maybe it's, it's not that impressive, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't mean to say that I am part of the Jacoby Brissett fan club. I think at this point, it's just I will take almost anyone over Nick Foles. And, you know, just the 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 unknown uh, of of another quarterback. It's, we're from Chicago. So we are clearly in love with the backup quarterback, whoever he might be. The, the guy that is not currently starting, we're going to fall in love with him just a little bit. Now, Brendan, as you just kind of talked about, we are recording this on March 2nd, and we just finished watching the Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy press conference. Just really quick, like your general thoughts from, from Ryan Pace, anything that, that stood out to you or of value whatsoever that he had to say? Well, aside from the uh, over, overuse of collaborative and everything's on the table, there wasn't too much. And it's hard to get anything out of these press conferences now because they're usually supposed to have them because this would happen during the combine. Uh, Nagy and Pace would be an indie watching prospects and everything. Obviously, that's not happening. So, But there was a few things that I took away from that. I'm actually going to have a piece uh, dropping Tuesday morning. No, today's Tuesday. Dropping Wednesday morning um, that have my biggest takeaways from the press conference. So you'll see that there. But a few things that come to mind right now are, one, it really seems like Allen Robinson is going to be back in some sort of capacity. They referenced him. They said he's, I mean, he's a good player. They want good players. Hearing both Nagy and Pace talk about him, it seems like he's going to be in the plans at the very least with a franchise tag. 
I did get a little worried when it came to Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller. I forget who asked the question, but somebody asked if either one of those two could be cap casualties or trade because of the fact that the salary cap is shrinking. And when Pace answered it, he basically said, look, this is the reality of the situation in the NFL. So many teams are going through this. You've seen so many cuts today. I think right before we just got, uh, got on recording, the Vikings cut Kyle Rudolph. So things are happening. And I'm nervous that Akeem Hicks or Kyle Fuller, and of course we're going to get him to him with the DBs, but it, I didn't get the sense that both of them are going to be on the team next year. So um, I, I, what about you with pace? And then we can go to Nagy. Yeah, Anything so, stand out to you? So, so the one that gets me is when you, just as you're saying Akeem Hicks, man, like I, I think I've started to understand that it may be a thing and he's been my favorite Chicago bear for the last couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, the, the cap situation is so abysmal. I, I actually want to go back to your idea of Allen Robinson, or that's the one thing that I took away and said, okay, this is meaningful. He wants Allen Robinson, but then just very recently, uh, Brandon Parker, his agent said, I plead the fifth man. I, 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 I come back to this and I'm really curious to hear your thoughts, Brendan is Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace seem like really good guys. Like if you could, if you could take them away from, from their position as Chicago bears, general manager and Chicago bears head coach, I feel like I, I understand why they were hired. They're clear communicators. They, they, they get it. And, and to some degree, they, they seem slightly forthright in their answers. Maybe that sounds a little bit crazy when talking about Ryan Pace because they dodge a lot of questions. But I think at one point he even said like, hey, guys, you know I can't answer that question because of this. And they go, okay, yeah, I, I thank, thank you for, for, for treating us with a little bit of respect in that regard. But I don't think I want them running this team. I don't know, man. What have you kind of thought about with Ryan Pace long-term? Because he's hit some draft picks. I mean, I, I, it's really clear. He has hit, especially this last season, to hit three solid draft picks. Um, you know, when we're looking at Jalen Johnson, Cole Komet, and obviously Darnell Mooney, I mean, th- th- those are big hits. How do you, how do you kind of look at it? Yeah, I, I will say his drafting has definitely improved over the years. Um, you know, if you break it up into like from, I saw somebody do it from 2015 to 2017 and then 2018 on, he's done a lot better job of finding those gems in the late rounds and, you know, finding impact players that can be capable starters in the league. So I give him a lot of credit there. The issue with pace is he commits too much to his errors. So he it's, it's unbelievable sometimes. Like with the tight end position last year, we knew it was such a bad – we knew how bad it was with the 2019 group. So what does he do? He throws a lot of money at Jimmy Graham. Then he takes Cole Komet with their first pick in the uh, 2020 draft. They signed Demetrius Harris early in the offseason. You know, you're trying to bring back J.P. Holtz. And so you're, you're really doing a lot to fix this one problem. And then the kicker position as well in 2019. Now, whether that was Nagy or Pace – that's a different thing. And now, now you're looking at the quarterback position. You've had huge misses with Mike Glennon and Mitchell Trubisky. And, you know, you can say that Nick Foles was a huge miss because you gave up draft capital for him now, because they're looking down the barrel at this is, you know, you fix it now or you're gone. And it's kind of like, he's going to do whatever it takes to fix that quarterback position. And in some ways that's good because we might actually get that franchise quarterback for the first time in forever. 
The bad news is it might cost, you know, five first round picks, half of Soldier Field, the bean, whatever. <laughs> so whether you're okay with that, that's one thing or another. I was on the side of getting rid of Pace and Nagy. And I say that kind of like basically what you were saying. I love Matt Nagy. I love what he tells me. I, I want, I think he's still going to be a very good coach in this league, whether that starts this year or continues at his next stop, wherever that may be. I still believe in him, but it's clear that he and Pace aren't working out. And after seeing two eight and eight seasons, when you're going all in, it's just not enough. And I think it also starts, it also, it's cliche, but it goes at the top too. You see a football infrastructure that doesn't work. You see a team that is run by a board of directors and really doesn't have much of a football front office aside from the GM. When George McCaskey and Ted Phillips say Ryan Pace is our football guy. I mean, that's great, but are you saying then you're policing Ryan Pace and you admittedly don't know enough about football? I did an exercise a few, maybe about a month ago after the initial press conference they did. I was looking at the different front offices, just even in the NFC North. The Vikings, the Packers all have a much better football front office and football operations staff than the Bears could dream of. And look at how successful they've been. So it's clear it, it probably goes higher than pace, but I still would have gotten rid of both of them after this year, after this past year. It just wasn't good enough. You know, I think this is one spot where you and I kind of differ is that I am not a Matt Nagy guy. Uh, I think after 2018, just looking at the offensive guru who can't run an offense to save his life. I mean, the, the offense is straight up dysfunctional. So when as I'm listening to his press conference, there was nothing in it for me of value in any way, shape or form. So, so you know, I, I, I come back to my point, Brandon, that I made to you a little bit earlier, which is, I like Matt Nagy, the guy, but I don't want him running the Chicago Bears offense. Yeah, I'm, I get that. And yeah, I haven't seen enough from the offense to really, you, you make good points and I can't disagree with you there, but I see a lot of people aside from Kyle Long, I do not see a lot of people saying that Matt Nagy is a bad head coach for that locker room. And they really could have lost that locker room. Maybe they did. COVID kind of, you know, screwed that whole situation up where we don't really know how much happened, you know, what happened in that locker room in between games and, you know, if there were blowups or not. But I will say you get a lot more from Matt Nagy than you do Ryan Pace in all these press conferences. And I think the biggest thing I took, I took away from him is he's really – really making sure the defense is fixed. I think two years ago when Vic Fangio left for Denver, they were quick to bring in Chuck Pagano. They wanted somebody, and this is just me speaking. I'm, I'm not like, this is just my opinion. I think they wanted somebody to just come in, keep the train on the tracks. They saw the potential they had with all these players. Everybody was, you know, you had Eddie Jackson, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack. You go down the road, you had all these playmakers. Bring in a veteran coach that has worked with great defenses in the past and just keep it rolling and work on your offense. That didn't work it, or it worked to an extent. It wasn't good enough, but it wasn't, it didn't bottom out per se. It, it definitely, really, I'm so sorry, Brennan, I don't mean to cut you off, but, but it yeah. definitely, I would agree with you that it, it worked at the beginning and it seems like the wheels kind of fell off at, at the end of the season. Again, I, I apologize for cutting you off, but, but I agree. And so now I guess I am curious, Brendan, like Sean Desai coming in, it seems like it's almost the opposite now of what you were talking about. You, you go from a proven guy to, 
you know, a guy who has a, a doctorate in educational philosophy that's never coached a defense before. I mean, I know this is not why we brought you on, but man, I'm loving, I'm loving hearing your thoughts on this. So, so what do you think? Is, is this going to be the, the fix that's going to make it? Is Mike Pettin coming in going to be the fix that's, that's going to bring the Bears to the next level? I really am. I really am excited about Sean Desai and I can't, I'm only going off of what I've been hearing, what I've been, you know, just listening to people like Sam Acho and other past bears players say, and really where I was going with that was, you know, Matt Nagy had an exhaustive search and Ryan Pace for this defensive coordinator. They interviewed nine guys and they finally decided on Sean Desai. So it shows that they're really doing their homework. Now they're not just entrusting just anybody to get this right. And of course, hearing Sean Desai say that he was Vic Fangio's right-hand man for so many years. And he's just been a sponge absorbing everything from Mel Tucker, hopefully not the, not much from Mel Tucker, (laughs) (laughs) absorbing from Mel Tucker to, to Vic Fangio, to Chuck Pagano, all the coaches being a part of a team for, you know, seven, eight years. I think he's, he's really going to have a good, good chance to turn this thing around. And with Mike Penton, I think that's just another voice in the room. You have that veteran presence, somebody within the division that may be able to say, Hey, I know, you know, how to slow down number 12 up North. So I feel a lot better going forward. And, you know, if you haven't like go listen to Sam Acho and listen to his comments about Sean Desai, it'll, it's like, you know, cozying up to your warm blanket. Like you feel good and nice and warm afterwards. (laughs) Well, it's funny that you say that because I, I read that same thing. And, I, and I, as he was talking about it, I, I was like, oh, I love this guy. But then thinking that he was the safeties coach for Eddie Jackson this season, which obviously is one of the reasons we brought you on to talk. And so, you know, I, I, I am a little bit conflicted in the Sean Desai. I, I think the dude is obviously crazy smart. He's been with the Bears for a long time. Um, and I think he has a lot to offer. I love the way he said, hey, this is going to be Sean Desai's 2021 defense. I love that. He's got to have a little bit of moxie coming in. But I don't know, man. I, I get the sense sometimes at the Bears front office that they're all sitting around patting each other on the back, talking about how good of a job that they're doing uh, when the rest of the league is looking around going, what are you doing? Like, it doesn't make any sense. No, that that's fair. And I think it's also kind of a tough sell at times because you know, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have a target on their back. They have this one year guarantee. And when you think about that, you're, you may not get the top flight candidates for these positions. I look, I look back at 2010 when after the 2009 season, Lovey Smith, pretty much half of their coaching staff was gone. And Jerry Angelo said, you have one year to get it right or you're out. And who did they bring in at offensive coordinator? Mike Martz. Oh, not, the, not, the, not the guy to really instill confidence in you. And then they promoted from within Ron Marinelli. Coincidentally, it was the last time they promoted from within for defensive coordinator. And that turned out really well. It actually turned, turned out better than expected on both sides of the ball. So I think with all things considered and knowing how short the leash is on both these guys, you could have done a lot worse than Sean Desai. So, but to your point, you know, sometimes you do like celebrate those victories. Like, yeah, you know, we, we got our guy and it's like, okay, but you know, was he your fourth guy? Was he your fifth guy? We truly don't know that. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's tough because, Brandon Staley was in this building and is now running a a team. He's running the chargers. And so 
they clearly have brought in good coaches, but they've also let some really good coaches go. But back to your point, Sean Desai being Vic's right-hand man, he really wanted Sean Desai to come with him and the Bears blocked the move. So, so there, are, there are some things that I think I'm taking more of a let's wait and see what happens with Sean Desai kind of approach. Yeah, you have to. And yeah, to your point, nobody knew about Brandon Staley, but apparently Vic did because, you know, he goes over to Denver continues to have success there and then, you know, continues to rise up the ranks and same with Ed Donatel. I thought I was really pushing them to keep Ed Donatel from Denver, keeping him as the DC, because that's another guy who's been in the league a long time is, you know, another person who could have been Vic Fangio's right-hand man and, you know, would have been done a great job taking over instead of Chuck, but you know, a lot of, a lot of great staff members come and go and luckily Sean Desai has been one to stay and yeah, all you can do is wait and see. So, all right, if you're all right with it, Brendan, I would love to kind of change gears a little bit. We brought you in to talk about defensive backs. Before we do that, can you just maybe give me any general thoughts that you've had about this early parts of the 2021 offseason? I would say for me, it's, it's weird to say, but I'm so excited for this offseason because it could go one of so many different directions. I said it a million times because Pace and Nagy have a target on their backs and because they're only guaranteed this one year, they may do anything and everything it takes to improve this football team. And yeah, that is scary because they could sell the farm for somebody, but it's really exciting to not have an idea really of where they could go with the quarterback position. You know, they may bring in like other offensive weapons. I know the wide receiver class is very deep in free agency. You have a ton of offensive tackle talent in the draft we obviously want Allen Robinson to come back as a wide receiver, but you just never know. So I'm kind of like using this, taking it the approach of let's just like put our feet up, sit back with our popcorn and just watch what happens and then react there because it's, it's scary, but it's exciting, man. How about you? Well, that's so funny that you say that because I was thinking Khalil Mack, we had no idea that that was going to happen. Like absolutely none. It came out of the absolute blue, but now we're thinking, these guys are trying to save their jobs. They're going to do something big. We don't know if it's defense. We don't know if it's offense. We don't know what it's going to be, but there's going to be some big move that they have to because they're trying to save their jobs. So I think we're all, I, I know we're all hoping it's going to be quarterback mm -hmm. uh, just because we've never had a true quarterback here in Chicago. Um, but I, at this point, I, I, I agree with you, man. I'd, I'd love to see what, what they're going to do with it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's talk about the defensive back position. Uh, Brennan, thank you so much for, for, for your willingness to, to do a little bit of research for us. Um, you know, this being our last position group, we've, we've had some really great guests that have come through. Um, and obviously you getting to cap that off. We, we appreciate you greatly. So just as a general, how would you kind of rate the 2020 Chicago Bears defensive backs? You know, it's funny. I... I really correlate their success and failures with exactly how the Bears season went. For the first six games, maybe half a season, you could argue that this group was the strength of this team. I mean, you look at everybody was just having an excellent start to the year. Jalen Johnson was insane for the first few games. Like, you know, the pass deflections, he was keeping up with all the targets that every quarterback was throwing him. Granted, some of them were a little, you know, worse than others. But still, he was he had a promising start to his career. Kyle Fuller had a few key, had that one key interception in the first game against the Lions to really seal that comeback win for the Bears. You know, he 
he was doing what he does best. Surefire tackler, creating turnovers, doing what he does, just rock solid. Same Kyle Fuller that we've seen over the last few years. Eddie Jackson nearly had two defensive turnovers that came over, that came back from because of penalties. He was there. He was going after the ball when it was needed. And then Tayshawn Gibson, I thought he was an excellent signing for the first half of the season. Buster Screen was even doing fine for it. Like, and you can even go down to the to the reserves. Deion Bush came in when Danny Trevathan wasn't doing well in those jumbo packages, or when they, you know, added other extra defensive back backs, I guess he was doing a lot better and he was keeping up with the receivers and running backs. And then Deandre Houston Carson had that key play in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, had a turnover in the Carolina Panthers game. Everybody was doing their job. It was insane. And then it all fell flat. (laughs) So, you know, people started getting beat. Eddie Jackson. I mean, we'll talk, you know, individually about these guys, but pretty much for the most part, everybody just kind of fell off. And, you know, the unit that was playing so well cohesively, just didn't have it anymore. And then injuries hit causing Duke Shelley and Kendall Vildor to come in and they were a little unprepared for what was awaiting them. So it really was a tale of two seasons, kind of like the bears overall season for this group. And, you know, I, I do kind of like what they overall, like, you know, the individual pieces there. I know the bears just released Buster screen. There's a lot of hope that Kendall Vildor or Doug Shelley, probably Shelley because of how he played late in the season, can step in at the nickel position. But it, w- it was weird. Like, it's, it's almost like, you know, the success was attributed to the defensive backs, and then when things fell apart, like, it really fell apart, and the Bears started losing games. Absolutely. I, um, I really like Kendall Vildor's ability. He had that one shot. Um, I can't remember where they were. They're sitting inside the 10, makes a, a clutch tackle, but also getting beat pretty bad. I think that's a developmental guy that I would like to see with this team for a couple more years. But I, I agree with you. I think Duke Shelley's going to be that slot guy. Or at least he's going to get a really good shot at it, whether mm-hmm. they bring in a free agent or somebody else along those lines. All right, let's, let's get specific. I got to give two shout outs uh, to two different guys here. The first is uh, Logan Bradley, who is one of our regular uh, hosts on the Bear Down Report podcast, who is going to be doing some draft analysis for us here in a little bit. And I still have the text and I have it saved. And I said, all right, who are some guys that I should be watching out for? And I swear to you, one of the first names that came across was Jalen Johnson, cornerback out of Utah. Man, I, folks, for any of you that are listening, when... Logan comes on to talk draft. You got to listen. This guy really knows his stuff. He's not going to like that. I'm hyping him up this much, but, but uh, unfortunately I'm going to be doing that right now. And the other one is Ben Kane. Uh, ben Kane is, uh, is a friend of mine and Ben was at Utah and he just kept sending me texts. You got to check this guy out. You got to check this guy out. Jalen Johnson, second round pick out of Utah. How good can this guy be, Brendan? I think he can be very, very good. I wonder how healthy he can be. That's my biggest concern with him. So when Johnson came in, I admittedly and credit to those guys, cause I, you know, wasn't really too far into Jalen Johnson, but immediately when I saw his highlights and just kind of like, you know, heard his interviews, I was like, damn, this guy, you know, he comes with it. He's got that swagger. He's kind of got that Jalen Ramsey type attitude and you need that to play that lockdown corner type. You know, I liked how he was going to match up opposite of Kyle Fuller he plays a lot of press. He, you know, sticks with the receiver, whereas Kyle Fuller plays off the ball more. He's trying to make those, you know, uh, off the ball plays there. 
for Jalen Johnson, I thought 2020 for him was a mixed bag. I've referenced his, you know, great start to the season. I mean, he had five pass deflection in his first two games and nine in his first six. And then he, it seems like, you know, other receivers kind of caught on to him and were picking on him. I vividly remember Justin Jefferson, another rookie, just tearing him apart in against Minnesota late, well, I guess middle of the season. That was a bit troublesome, but, you know, all guys hit a rookie wall. He was clearly showing that he was, is the real deal. And then unfortunately the injury happened with a shoulder. That's the part that kind of concerns me because you had some issues in college. You don't want him missing much of the off season. Fortunately, Ryan Pace said that he's not going to require any surgery this off season, which is good news. But when the bears were beginning their playoff push, he wasn't there. And I think those are valuable reps, valuable games that were missed, not only just like to get that experience in the NFL, but to play for a team that's pushing for something that's pushing for that playoff spot. So that was really disappointing. And, you know, I think he should take a bet, a much bigger step this year. He's going to have a full off season. Now he's working with Deshae Townsend. Sean Desai is going to be, I mean, look at what he did for the corners and well, I guess Vic Fangio, look at what he did for the corners in 2017 and 2018. So I, I still have high, high hopes for Jalen Johnson. I just really pray that he can stay healthy. Aside from quarterback, I don't know that I can think of a more difficult position to play in football than cornerback. And, you know, you're right. Justin Jefferson ran all over him. Uh, two of our good friends that do a lot of work for the Vikings, Kevin Alefsky and Brian Heifel, uh, much to their delight, kept kind of rubbing it in my face. But I, but I do think that, that a guy like that, just like you, I love the way you said it, that the rookie wall, it's going to happen at cornerback. Is he getting experience? Is he learning from it? And I think that he is. Um, and I, 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 I love your point, too, about healthy, uh, staying healthy, because that shoulder, definitely a concern. All right, let's, let's, let's talk about something maybe not so great. And when I say maybe, I mean absolutely abysmal. I'm talking about Eddie Jackson. Dude, this guy just seems like he fell off a cliff. In his 2020 season, just bad. I don't, I don't know how, you can, how else you can categorize it. Maybe you saw something that I didn't to, to give me some little glimmer of hope. But it, it, it was funny is at the beginning of the season, Mike Page, founder of Bear Down Report, says, Eddie Jackson's overrated. I don't like him. And we all kind of like, what are you talking about? And then midway through the season, we're like, wow, we were wrong and you were right. What happened to Eddie Jackson in 2020, Brendan? You know, Mike might be right because, unfortunately, Eddie Jackson, he's not a good tackler. He's a ball hawking safety. And like I said earlier, he had his opportunities. He was near the ball. He was making those plays. And unfortunately, some BS penalties brought everything back. And when Eddie Jackson's not making interceptions or breaking passes up, he's kind of a liability. You know, you, you had such a great pass rush in 2018 that he was able to make those plays because the quarterback had to get the ball out of his arms quickly. He was able to jump on those opportunities. When the quarterback has time, the safety's just not going to have that much of an impact. I have some numbers and it's just jarring. It's absolutely jarring to see them. So in 2019, well, not even 2018, we'll go to 2019. He had a completion percentage when faced of 53 and a half percent that jumped to 67.4% in 2020 quarterbacks 
when they were targeting him had a rating of 57.6. That was up from 40.5 in 2018. In 2020, it was 110.1. I mean, this guy, and the targets weren't even, it was 50, 46 targets in 2020 versus 43 in 2019. He was getting the same amount of targets, but literally he was like almost half, half more completions than what was happening before. And quarterbacks were just carving him up. So Jackson, Eddie Jackson needs the front seven to do their job to be an impact player like that. And who knows? It also seemed like he was just kind of lost at times. Like he was just in the wrong assignment. He wasn't sure where to go. And yeah, unfortunately he's just never going to be the best tackler, but if they don't get that front seven, right, Eddie Jackson just kind of, going to kind of be a guy. So um, it's really interesting. I, I knew that he definitely wasn't going to get those numbers like he did in 2018, but even 2019, when he didn't get the interceptions, he was still making plays and ensuring that receivers weren't getting the ball. So who knows, maybe Sean Desai, because he was so good in Vic Fangio's system, maybe that'll be better, but it, it's baffling to me. I, I can't even like pinpoint exactly what happened, unfortunately. Folks, you can't see it, and, and this, is, this is not me speaking hyperbole. My jaw dropped. As soon you, as it Brendan did. Said it, it, it was very – I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand. If, if any of my defensive backs are giving up a quarterback rating of 110, that, that's abysmal. That's absolutely abysmal, especially when you were – know, obviously, he, he's gone now, but Matt Stafford and number 12 up north – right? You can't do that with those guys. That, that's just something that you, you absolutely cannot do. You know, so I, I just come back to this. Was it Pagano putting him in the wrong spot? Was it he playing out of position? Was he just bad? Did he have an injury that we just didn't know about? I mean, because obviously the production that this guy got out of 2018, or was it just what you were talking about? It's all pass rush. And if there's a pass rush, then Eddie Jackson can be the ball hawk that you need him to be. But man, that is, I just, I gotta like, I gotta sit down for a second, Brendan, right? That is, that is awful numbers. I knew it was bad, but I didn't realize it was that bad. Oh yeah. I, I had the same reaction when I first saw it, like as the season was closing, I was like, oh my God, this is bad. And you just committed how much money to this guy just a year ago. So unfortunately, and it's, it's very, it's laughable to me how everybody's like, yeah, just trade Eddie Jackson and send him for a quarterback. Like, look, man. His value is not that high right now, and he's getting paid a buttload of money. So, you know, maybe that's not going to happen. So, um, again, hopefully with Sean Desai at the helm, and God, uh, I'm praying to you. You can see me praying. A much better pass rush. Robert Quinn get healthy. Khalil Mack do what he does. And hopefully that creates a little bit of chaos so Eddie can do what he does well. You know, when we had uh, Rob Kirkland on to talk about linebackers, one of the things that he was talking about is if you can get Robert Quinn a little bit more back into that uh, defensive end position, a little bit less of the, the outside backer, and especially stop dropping that dude into coverage. He's not a coverage linebacker. He's a pass rusher. You brought mm -hmm. him here for one purpose. Then maybe somehow if Sean Desai can kind of change things around that maybe then that will increase the pass rush. And then maybe these guys will have a little bit better opportunity opportunity. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Unfortunately, they're still going to stick with the 3-4 defense, but 
I mean, God, I, I can only hope that we can stop seeing Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn drop into coverage because you're taking away their best assets, and that is rushing the passer. Keep in mind, Robert Quinn was likely dealing with a foot issue as well, so hopefully that can – because I don't think anybody saw his production dipping as much as it did. I mean, you – yeah, he was a bit older, but he was coming off an 11-and-a-half sacks season – you know, if he dipped down to maybe like six and a half, seven sacks, that's totally understandable. But I, I know we're talking, you know, defensive backs here, but I think Robert Quinn's going to have a much better, much better season going forward. And with a full off season to recover from whatever he was dealing with, it, it can't be worse, right? Absolutely. Well, thinking that the, the base three, four that they run is, is actually not just the only scheme that you're looking at. It's a little bit of a hybrid. And I think that's kind of what a more of what I meant was that mm-hmm. you know, when they are switching to that, that hybrid look that, that you can, you know, kind of use him just as a pass rusher, move him around a little bit and also allow Khalil Mack to move around a little bit. I, I would have liked to see more movement from those two guys to help our defensive backs. All right, Brendan, let's go to our guy, Kyle Fuller. Is he, is he, I want to, I'm going to ask this as a big question here. Is he a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Is he a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? He's right there. He's, you know, if he's not top 10, he's top 12. I was, you know, I, I kind of was thinking about this prior to the show. How many guys are better? I mean, you have Jair Alexander, Trey White, Marshall Lattimore, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I can go on and on. He's kind of at that back end, like, you know, eight to 12 area. So I think right now, yes, but you do need to see more from him. And I, I mean, I referenced him earlier. He had a, another great start to his year. I mean, he had that one interception. He had the huge hit in the Tampa Bay game that led to points and really helped lead to the comeback in that win on that Thursday night win. But his numbers have dropped kind of significantly too. And, you know, it's kind of concerning. Interception numbers are always going to be sort of like up in the air. You, you never know. Sometimes it's luck. In 2018, he had seven. Last year, dipped down to three. And then this year was only one he still only had a 55% completion percentage and that was way down from 70 last year. Granted, he was targeted a lot more in 2018 and 2019 this year. And he was only targeted 83 times, which was considerably less quarterbacks targeting him only had, I should say only because after hearing Eddie Jackson's number, (laughs) it was only an 89.8 rating. So clearly he's, He's doing well. I'd say the thing I'm most concerned about is his pass deflections have been low as well. So usually if you're not getting interceptions, you're usually breaking up balls and he wasn't necessarily doing that. Still, when you're talking about whether you trade or cut him or Akeem Hicks, I mean, if you're asking me to choose between one or the other, I'm keeping Kyle Fuller. He's still a very good corner in this league. He's still relatively young. His deal actually isn't all that expensive. I think it might be the 10th or 11th most expensive deal in the NFL right now, which isn't too bad considering where a bunch of guys are about to get paid soon. And when you're talking about a a group that has a young guy like Jalen Johnson, you have now Duke Shelley and Kendall Vildor. These guys are second and third year players you're not really sure what's happening with the safety position. You need that lockdown corner. And you said it earlier, cornerback is one of the hardest positions I feel like to play in the NFL and football in general, because you're having to do two things. You have to react to the quarterback, what he's doing. You have to react to the receiver and make sure you're keeping steps with him, you know, tracking down the ball when you're not in the favorable position to do so. I mean, 
when you're talking about most important positions and guys that you need to have to have a successful football team, I think it goes quarterback, offensive tackle, specifically left tackle, edge rusher, and then cornerback, you know, top four position in, in the league. So I, I'm totally in favor of keeping him. And I, I think he's right on that border. If he can just somehow get back to where he was and maybe, you know, continue to keep those pass deflections up and hopefully get a few in more interceptions. We saw him, he, he can have good hands. He's also had some crucial drops, unfortunately, like that Green Bay game in 2018. I mean, there was a few times in the past couple of years when, you know, the ball just fell out of, the, out of his hands when he could have had a pick six, but he's right there. Since 2014, his rookie season, 19 interceptions, 82 passes defended, 328 solo tackles. That's a guy I'd like to see, maybe not finish his career with the Bears, but I definitely would like to see him play a few more. Just as that veteran presence at cornerback, I think Jalen Johnson still has some development to do, and, and he could do significantly worse than having Kyle Fuller at the opposite end of him. Kyle Fuller has one of the most interesting Bears careers in recent memory, in my opinion. You know, he came in in 2014 as such a highly regarded rookie as a first rounder. He kind of tailed off. And then in 2016, he missed the entire season due to a knee scope, which is so rare. Vic Fangio questioned his toughness. The Bears chose not to pick up his fifth year option. And then when it came time to whether it was it was time to either franchise tag him, transition tag him. They had to transition tag him because the Packers did sign him to that offer sheet. And then now he becomes one of the, I'd say, top 10 cornerbacks in the league. So, it, yes, to your point, seeing him finish his career in a Bears, in a Bears uniform would be fantastic. I mean, the, the highs and lows that this guy went through is unbelievable. And he's somebody who I would just love to talk through or to talk with and just ask him about his journey as a Bear. Because it, to me, it's, it, it's an incredible story. I think that's what I know. That's what a lot of Bears fans wanted with Mitch Trubisky not playing, you know, not getting that fifth year option and thinking, okay, now it's your opportunity, just like Kyle Fuller, to have that happen. We're not going to talk Mitch Trubisky. That conversation is dead. It's been talked about a million times over. All right, let's talk about this offseason. Do the Bears have the guys that they need, or is there somebody out there that they need to draft, trade, or bring in as a free agent? You know, I'm actually pretty confident with this group because we've seen them work. I mean, you're not – Jalen Johnson's not going anywhere. Bust, well, Buster Screen is already gone. And he was a liability, especially when it came to Green Bay. Green Bay knew how to pick on him. And now you get somebody in, like Duke Shelley to potentially take over the nickel role. I'd love the Bears to re-sign to Sean Gibson if it's a good – relatively cheap deal because I thought he did play very well and he was a good compliment in the, in the defensive backfield. And then you're just hoping that Eddie Jackson can find his magic from the 2018 and 2019 season. If anything, I would say you want to draft somebody, maybe not too high, but you're going to want that third safety because I don't anticipate Deion Bush coming back. He came back last year on a cheap one-year deal. I thought he did great in spurts, but it just seems like he's probably going to be priced out. And then I'm sure Sherrick McManus is going to, either retire or he's going to be long gone. Unfortunately, he's one of my, he's one of my favorite players just because he's been here for so long. He's seen so much, but you probably want to get another cornerback in the draft to take over that like third or fourth role and be a key special teamer. But if I'm looking at the guys who started the season minus Buster screen, I really think there's a lot of potential there. And I'm just, 
I, I don't know, maybe it's blind faith, but I'm really hopeful that with a new defensive coordinator in place, that these guys can turn it around and a, a pass rush helps the backfield, the defensive backfield. So what are your thoughts on it? Well, I, I, I couldn't agree. I'm, people, again, you can't see us. I'm, my head is shaking so, uh, so much when you said Tayshawn Gibson. I, I can't believe that we're sitting here at the end of the season talking about how Tayshawn Gibson really outplayed Eddie Jackson in a lot of different ways, mm -hmm. and especially with how inexpensive he was. And I couldn't agree with you more. Sherrick McManus being with his team for so long, it just seems that every time they have asked him to be a special teamer, he's a great special teamer. Every time they've asked him, hey, play a little bit of cornerback, he's taken the most out of his opportunities. And he's a guy that is so valuable in so many different ways that I would love to see him retire as a bear. You know, Kyle Fuller, if he if finishes his career somewhere else, I'll, I'll be sad about it. But with, with Sherrick McManus, that dude deserves to retire as a Chicago bear. All right, Brendan, it is time. My absolute favorite is this is our segment. We call it unpopular opinion. Now this doesn't have to be about football, but it can be, um, it could be really anything whatsoever. We have had some good ones. Uh, most famously lately, it is JJ Stankovitz coming on to talk quarterbacks. Very simply just said, deep dish pizza sucks. I couldn't disagree with my man JJ more, uh, but that's why it's here. It's unpopular opinion. So Brendan, I got to ask, what is your unpopular opinion? I'm so, I was so happy to see this segment on the list, by the way. It just, I don't know. It's, it's so fun. <laughs> so props to you guys for keeping it up. I've got two, and one of them is football related. So I'll start with that. And it's it's perfect timing too, because you see a lot of these out now. You see everybody playing with their with their machines. I'm talking about mock drafts. I don't care about your mock draft. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's probably very fun for you to kind of like go into like seven, seven rounds deep, make these hypothetical trades and look at, Hey, look what I did for the bears. I got Zach Wilson. I only had to trade like, you know, two second round picks. It's like, Hey man, good for you. That's not going to happen. And it's kind of a waste of a waste of my time to look at it. I, I really don't even put much stock into like what, you know, McShay and Kuiper do. I used to back in the day, but now, and uh, this isn't like, you know, me trying to harp on like these companies, like uh, the draft network and everything like that. I know they're there for a reason and people enjoy them. I just do not care. And I like, I'll never do one. I, maybe that's part of me just like not as ingrained with the draft as like other people, but I really just don't care. It's not going to, your thing is not going to happen. You are not an NFL GM and these trades are just usually unrealistic. If somebody out there has a perfect mock draft for a team and you know, you can show me like, Hey, maybe I'll follow you, but I, I don't care. So, <laughs> so is, is it going to be like a March madness bracket, right? That finally that someone goes, Hey, look, this is what I did. And man, I couldn't agree with you more on this one. It's funny. I didn't even know this wasn't on my radar and just thinking, man, there's another tweet of, of a mock draft and there's mm -hmm. another one. And look at who I got, dude, I, bravo, sir. I say to you, <laughs> bravo. That is fantastic. Okay. So now you got me, now you got me set up. Let's hear this second unpopular opinion. All right. I, I've been on this one for a long time. It's, I, I know people are going to be upset, but bacon should not be on sandwiches. Bacon should be enjoyed by itself. Bacon is such a good delicacy. It is perfect when you put it next to some eggs. You know, if you're just snacking on it, I think, a you know, BLT is fine. 
or you know, it's 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 an okay sandwich, but like everybody like, oh yeah, I gotta have bacon on my burger and everything. Really, I love when you take the bacon off and everybody, you know, it's basically like an extra side that you have. Like everywhere I go, if I'm eating eating a sandwich and they have a burger that I really like with bacon, I'm like, hey, just bacon on the side. Guess what? Now I have fries, bacon, and a burger. I just don't need it added. And I think everybody that goes nuts over having bacon on these sandwiches, it, it's just a little overrated to me and I don't need to do it. <laughs> and now you got me convinced of another one because I'll take a side salad and a side of bacon with my, my, with my sandwich. There Man. you go. Brendan, yeah. this is <laughs> uh, shout out to my guy, Derek uh, in, in Scotland, in, in Glasgow, uh, just for, for railing on American bacon. He's been here. Uh, I, I do have to say we've been across the pond, my wife and I, and we don't do bacon poorly all the time, but man, some of the stuff over in the UK, especially, dude, fantastic bacon. All right, let, let's talk shout outs. Is there anybody that, that might be listening to tonight's podcast that, that you, you want to give a shout out to? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'll just say my, uh, you know, my family's listening, my, my mom, my dad, uh, my uncles, they're huge Bears fans. Uh, one of them is part of like the Bears I can't remember the group, but it's like the Bears Den group in uh, in Ohio. Like he goes to like, you know, the away games over there. Um, so my uncle, Michael, my uncle, Johnny, and then my mom and dad, Brian and Cecilia, uh, my buddies, Brad, Kyle, Josh, uh, Nick, DeAndre, Tommy, Anthony, Ty. Um, I know I'm missing. Now I just opened up a can of worms because they named, you know, if I don't name a friend, um, you know, and I could just say my beautiful wife, Agnes, I know she's not going to listen to this because she just gets way too much football from me. She could not have been happier when football season was over. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> Dude, my wife, Kate, is the exact same way. And, uh, it, you know, we, I just tweeted this uh, a couple days ago. She's, she's pregnant with our first. And so it's oh, even yeah, more. Yeah, that's right. I, I did not. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I should have congratulated you right Right before we started, Dude, so you're sir, totally, congratulations. Thank you so much, man. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, people don't talk about it, but it, it actually was really difficult for us to get pregnant, like really difficult. It took four years and, you know, oh. we're, we're there, we're excited. But back to your point, Kate has basically been like, why are you talking about football? Football's done. There shouldn't be any more football. I'm like, well, I'm recording a, recording a podcast. And she's like, but why? Why? There's, there's, I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're trying to keep out content and everything. And she's just like, no, I don't, I, you need to be giving me attention. I'm pregnant. I'm like, man, when she drops that card, like there's nothing. That That's hard. <laughs> that is, oh yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, just, just one more deep breath. Anybody else that you, that you can think of that maybe that, that came to mind that you might want to give a shout out to? Yeah, I'll just say um, everybody who follows me on Twitter, everybody who reads my work, I sincerely appreciate it. I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be talking to you without all that support and just growing, you know, the growing my readership and views and everything like that. The listeners to the podcast, the 46 podcast. Um, and then I'll just say, you know, Alyssa Barbieri and Brian Perez for helping me out with, uh, Bears Wire. Those two are great follows on Twitter and they do a lot of great work. So, um, yeah, just a ton of people. I mean, you know, from my friends to the people I've connected with professionally and, uh, just been a, yeah, just been a great ride the last two years. And, uh, it's, it's really just so great to be able to finally connect with you. And I mean, I've really enjoyed our conversation. So, uh, can't thank you enough for having me on Ryan. 
Well, Brendan, man, you beat me to the punch. I was just going to say, I, I appreciate so much. I'm really hoping that this is not our last conversation that's, that's going to be recorded. I, I think we've had too much fun for it to be the last time that we'll talk. Would you be willing to come back to the Bear Down Report podcast? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. And I definitely want to have you on the 46 podcast as the offseason gets going. I think you'd be great to talk with because, as you've said, part, podcast people can be friends and can have each other on other podcasts. It's not a competition. Dude, that's okay. Literally, like any other podcast that might be listening right now, like we can be friends. Like invite me on. I'll invite you on. We're having a good time. We're just going to, we're talking about the bears. It can be a good thing. So Brendan, how can people follow you on Twitter? If they, if they, if they don't know you, how can they get at you? Uh, so you can follow me at Brendan Shagru. Uh, my last name spelled S-U-G-R-U-E. Um, check out my work at bearswire.com. Like I said, I got a few pieces coming up in the next couple days or so. Um, my podcast is at the 46 pod. Definitely check them out uh, wherever you get the podcast, of course. Um, kind of, as I said before, I've kind of taken a little bit of a break, uh, you know, as the off season kind of gets started, but I'm going to be really getting into it as uh, March continues on and we get into, you know, the deep dives of free agency in the draft. Um, so that's where you can find all my work. Brendan, uh, fantastic. I cannot stress this enough to you folks. If you are on Twitter and you are not following Brendan, you are doing yourself a great disservice. Get after this guy, follow him. Brendan, thank you so much for being part of the Bear Down Report podcast. Appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you so much. Brendan Shagru. I can't wait to have that guy back on the show. Brendan, thank you so very much. I got quite a few shout outs to give here myself. Uh, for all of you that, that listen and we just, man, we did not expect things to take off the way that they have. And that's all thanks to you. Uh, we got a, a recent five-star review, which I haven't done a good job of this, but uh, GrizzBlue73, you gave us a five-star review. We can't thank you enough. Uh, truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. We've got a, a, a couple five-star reviews from some wonderful people. And folks, I just thank you. As a podcast that's just starting out, this means a whole heck of a lot to all of us, and we're, we're thrilled. The shout-outs that I got to give are to the other position group uh, guests that we had on. Mike Gus talking about running backs. That guy was so good. Um, he's going to come back on whether the Bears draft an offensive lineman or a running back. Uh, he's going to come back and talk to you folks. He's got some good insight. Unfiltered Bears fan. You can follow him on Twitter. He's really, really good. Rob Kirkland, my good friend, Rob Kirkland, talking about linebackers. Even though you don't like Portillo's, Rob, I still like you, and I love our banter going back and forth. Uh, man, just just awesome. Tom Rossi, the man with the voice, that guy is so good. Defensive line, he will be coming back. Uh, I know that for sure he will be coming back. Some really, really good stuff, some great conversation. We laughed a lot, which is always a good sign of a good podcast. John Nofke. Good friend of mine, good friend of mine for 10 years now. John knows offensive line. John, good luck to you and your uh, team this year. He'll be coaching some high school football. So, John, I am cheering for you guys big time. I hope that the season goes well. Man, J.J. Stankovitz. What do you say? You know, a guy that, that, that is a Chicago Bears beat reporter, dropping a big bomb that he's probably stepping away from the business on our podcast JJ, thank you so very, very much. 
Nick Salerno and Jack Wright. Jack Wright is a, a regular of the podcast. He's, he is a co-host for so many of these, but he stepped in to talk about wide receivers with Nick Salerno. That was a great conversation. Loved talking with those guys. Matt Lacoste, New England Patriots tight end, talking about Chicago Bears tight ends. You're thinking in a first-year podcast how we've been fortunate enough to have a current NFL player come in and talk to us. Matt, you don't have any idea what that means to us uh, so, so very much. Chris Nendick, former kicker for the NIU Huskies. Let's go Huskies. Uh, just phenomenal breakdown of the special teams unit. And of course, Brendan Chagru talking about defensive backs, bringing in some fantastic stats. Folks, if you're not listening to the 46 podcast, you got to get on that as soon as possible. And I cannot say this enough. You may even want to find a Twitter handle just so you can follow Brendan Chagru. He is that good. Folks, we are going to be slowing down just a little bit here uh, before the draft and free agency gets rolling. Once that happens, man, we are going to be back in full swing, but podcasts are going to be coming out a little bit more sporadically. So we do apologize for that, but it's time to spend some time with family, uh, especially with my wife expecting our first. Man, folks, I am thrilled about that. A lot of you liked uh, my tweet about it. And some of you, maybe this is your first time listening. So thank you so very much. That doesn't get lost on me whatsoever. Folks, this is something that's new that we haven't yet done. Uh, and we now have the opportunity to do it. So we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to ask what questions can we, the BDR staff answer for you? There's two ways that you can get a hold of me, Ryan Dengel, uh, your host of the Bear Down Report podcast, to ask a question, whatever it might be. The easiest way by far is follow me at Twitter, at B-D-R Dengel, D-E-N-G-E-L. That's B-D-R-D-E-N-G-E-L, B-D-R Dengel. Go ahead and give me a follow there. Or you can hit me on email. We can go Ryan, R-Y-A-N, dot D-E-N-G-E-L at beardownreport.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know what your question is. What, what's, what's got you thinking here in this offseason? What would you like the Bear Down Report staff to, to tackle? Uh, see what I did there. Uh, what would you like us to talk about? We would love, love, love to talk about whatever you guys want to ask. Folks, we know there are so many places you can be getting your podcasts. There's no, that you can get multiple places, but the fact that you're listening to this podcast, we cannot stress this enough, folks, means so very, very much to us. Thank you so very much. If you like what you're hearing, please hit subscribe. If you love what you're hearing, we ask for a five-star review. It really helps stretch our audience. We've got some great content coming your way. Uh, Logan Bradley is going to be sitting and talking with us about the draft. Our good friend, Tim Johnson, a history teacher, is going to be talking about the history of the Chicago Bears. I'm looking forward to that one. We've got some good stuff coming at you, and you can find it on beardownreport.com. Folks, we'd love, love, love to have you check out our stuff. All right, that's it. Done with the love fest for this episode. Thank you so much, folks. And as always, bear down.